Well, we're rolling into one of the most incredible central bank lineups I've ever seen. Equities are struggling to find buyers. The US dollar is the standout G10 currency and gold is a dirty yellow pebble at the moment. It's a monster show ahead of us. Let's assess it in the trade-off. Hi there, my name's Chris Wesson, Head of Research here at Pepperstone. I'm gonna be Blake, uh, joined in two seconds by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. As you can see, there is a ton of talking points for us to focus on today. Setups, various news flows, which will probably change in the next 24 hours or so. We have so many central banks that are coming through. Markets could be pretty wild over the next 24 to 48 hours as markets you know, disseminate all that information. So I'm gonna bring Blake into the program and we're going to dissect and try and make sense of everything that's perhaps going to happen. Blake, we've just talked about all these central banks. We're going to go into them a bit more debt, debt uh, 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 a bit more information there. Can you get any edge in this situation where there's so much uncertainty, so many different playbooks playing through? What do we do here? Do we stand aside? Do we trade it like brave souls? What do we do? Well, uh, well, that's a great question. And there are a lot of central banks that are meeting this week. And I can't believe you said y dirty yellow pebble. Boy, that's hardcore, man. Hardcore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know you're going to get some abuse. I just, yeah, it's just, just one of those things. It's a bit of fiat uh, tricks. I love gold, really. I love people who love gold. And um, I don't know. Well, we're going to talk about it. Maybe it just needs a bit clean at the moment. We're going to talk about it. But, you know, I, Chris, to, to answer your question is, I am actually going in with slight positioning, but very slight. And um, I, have a, I have an opinion, uh, just like uh, I have a belly button, and most people do. So I'm going <laughs> to voice it. And... Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll tell you how I'm in a position ahead of the ahead of the Fed, but I do think you have to tread carefully and you have to be nimble, mate. Do you know you should just be on the week call last week. Your week call it's starting to get some traction. Had a beautiful night last night, um, and it started to poke its head above the precipice. It looks like it wants to go on for a momentum move. So stand clear of all the central bank action. Get into the fields. Get into the agricultural products. Get long wheat. I think that's the trade uh, that you put as play of the day. To me, it looks looks really good to be honest so I, i'd be staying in that one so uh, we'll focus on that Thank one you. anyway let's go into some of the uh, the factors that are making uh, talking points at the moment let's go into uh, topical funder four o'clock in the morning eastern standard time uh you know that's for me it's going to be a normal time of day for you we've got the fed meeting it's the topic du jour at the moment uh, the question, of course, is that, well, how do we play this? Do we play it at all? Do we reduce our exposures? Do we have any kind of edge around this meeting? Um, my own thought for what they're worth, 75s are done. We've got 80 basis points being priced in. So there could be, so if you just take that in isolation, you could see some downside. I see no reason uh, for 50. Um, I think that's off the table, but there is a small chance they could go 100 basis points. I think it's unlikely. Um, the, the dot plots, Blake, we're looking for them to take up their, their median estimate for the Fed funds rate um, from around 338 this year to uh, to about 412, just under market pricing. Um, and, and for next year, uh, we're looking to go up about 4.4% or so, just again, just under market pricing of 450. Um, we've got growth expectations expected to be slashed into pieces. You know, they're, they're calling for growth at 1.7% for this year, 1.7% for next year. This year, we're looking at something like 20 basis points. So growth's going to be taken to the woodshed and chopped up. Bum, 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 bum. Um, of course, uh, Powell's tone is going to be pretty hawkish. He wants to continue to believe that they're fighting the inflation uh, uh, story you know, hand and, uh, as, as aggressively as they can. Um, 
for me, Blake, I, I think I see downside risks to the dollar. It's a brave call. It's a brave call. I see downside risks. I'm not going to trade it myself, but that's the way I'm seeing things. How are you seeing things? I'm kind of seeing it that way too. And I am going to trade it. And like I said, I'm going to come in slightly positioned short dollars. Now, um, the the thing, you know, I, w- I wonder if, if you watch the overnight Rick's Bank move, um, you got this, you know, higher than expected interest rate hike and it, and it was sold immediately. Dollars were bought. Now it's obviously, you know, SEK against the, the SEC against the dollar. So you could you could argue it was more of a dollar play, but it was a front loaded move. And yeah. and that's why I was kind of hoping the Fed might go a full percentage point, because I think the market would actually sell the dollar on a full percentage point move. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think 96 out of 98 economists surveyed expect 75 basis points uh, via Bloomberg. I think if I have yeah. those numbers correct. It's about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, something something like that. And And so, you know, obviously you know, we're probably going to, we're going to probably see 75 basis points, but you know, if the terminal rate that you factored up last week yeah. comes into we're play at four and a half four, percent at the moment. So four and a half percent. Yeah. Four and a half. What, what yeah. moves the terminal rate there? They, a hundred basis points would clearly move that. Um, and the idea about what's going to happen in November, they, yeah, they could set expectations high there. But for me, I'm watching that terminal rates. If it, if it pushes nicely above, it, well, just you know what? If you if you don't want to watch interest rates, just look at the two-year Treasury. I think that's probably the best place to watch. And uh, you know, if we get a, a move higher, then the dollar's probably going to go along for the, for the ride. And real rates have been moving up as well. But I think you know it, you could make an argument they should go 100 basis points. I think they'll win a huge amount of credibility from the market if they were to do that because they're saying we want to fight inflation. Well, you've just shown us that they mean business to do so. I don't. I think they go 75. Looking at dollar positioning, look at where uh, you know, rate expectations are and where they're probably going to go to um, from those settings. You probably could say, and I think you sounds like it, Blake, that uh, there's some modest downside risks to the dollar. So we'll see how that plays out. All right. Well, I, I I tend to agree with you, Chris, but I, I'm going to actually turn our attention to something a little bit different. You know, today there's a lot of scuttlebutt in the market that, you know, Russia might intensify the, the situation in, in the Ukraine. And, you know, the, there's a lot of headlines going back and forth and Putin didn't speak. And, you know, was he going to make an announcement? And is he going to pause it until Asia, like it, as time of filming, that he might make some headlines? Mm. Look, I you know, I'm not going to sit here and 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 say i i know exactly what putin's going to do and what i think is going to happen but Just the question was raised <laughs> the, the the question was raised by somebody in our community a, a longtime member of the the forex analytics community like what would jd do what would jerome powell do that wwjd what would jerome powell do all right yeah. and and uh <clears throat> and I, got, I gotta throw the question to you chris because hmm. i was i thought about it for a minute and i was like well you know, central banks right now are obviously globally raising rates quite aggressively. Do you think that central banks, all of a sudden, if things escalated to a point where where the markets were affected, where let's let's say you saw a five to to seven percent drop intraday of, of equities under, you know, and that that would obviously have to be a pretty severe situation, like yeah, you right. know, Russia and China have 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 teamed up to go after Taiwan, something oh. crazy like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe crazy, maybe not. What would central banks do? What do you think, Chris? I don't. Th- I don't think they'd do much. I mean, that, I don't think that. Obviously, that scenario is not going to happen, in my opinion. Um, Putin's not the sort of person. Uh, not that I'm an expert by any means at all. To to announce an escalation in a public forum, I think he would just get out and do it. Um, but I think there's a yeah call to arms. There's obviously a lot of talk about a potential referendum in some of the annexed areas. 
uh, playing through, and maybe he'll focus on that. And of course, he's going to be very high and mighty and say, and say that yeah, that the, the morale is strong and, and, and that they're going to achieve their objectives. Obviously, I'd love to see the opposite of what, what your scenario is there. And he's saying that we've fulfilled all that we needed to fulfil, and we're going to start pulling troops out of, of the Ukraine. We'd love to see that as the human race would. Um, whether that happens, it seems unlikely. So I think probably the best way to answer your question, Blake, is is to look at all the different potential uh, outcomes and know how to react if they were to come. What assets you would choose, the direction, the, the sort of position sizing, the kind of volatility regime that we have. Um, but uh, I suspect it's going to be a lot of hot, hot air. I hope that's going to be the case. But uh, yeah, we'll see. What do you think? Uh, you know, over the last, you know, couple decades that I've been participating in the markets, trading them actively through through events like this, the dips always get bought. So whatever yeah. dip it is, you, you tend to be a buyer, depending on the severity. So I think obviously you got to you got to keep you got to approach it with an open mind. But I think the first move of panicking is usually the wrong move in most situations that I've seen. So, yeah. you know, minus, you know, a, a World Trade Center type of situation, which is, you know, um, I don't I, I don't I think the way that central banks are at the moment, especially the Fed, is it kind yeah. of uh, a data dependent um, situation? And I, and I think the knee jerk reaction uh, if they were to see an escalation um, that just is, is is without any other country but by themselves and they weren't taking on a NATO country, if it's just an, a, an escalation in Ukraine, I don't think they'd do anything, to be honest. I think they'd just wait for the data to come and see what happens with commodity prices and those factors as well. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, we'll have to see. But I think most people, when they're watching this, probably will actually have that information by that point. I want to also talk about the Bank of England um, meeting. So I think this is a really great one because... Yeah, we're all talking about the Fed, but the volatility this week could come from the Swiss Swiss franc because uh, the same dynamics are true here, but also the Bank of England and the, and the pound. So we're pricing in, what, 68 basis points of hikes. Um, it's kind of toying with the idea of 75, an increased probability, a probability of 50. I think they go 50. And why do I think they go 50? Real wages are too low. Growth's on the, on, on the downside. Um you know, you've just seen a fiscal pl a plan coming through from the trust government, but they've capped utility prices. That will mean that that, that expected inflation for the end of this year is going to be uh, you know four percent below where the market was looking for, about five and a half percent for next year. And actually, inflation will probably coming and come in as a result of this utility price cap under the Bank of England's forecast for the end of the year. That suggests to me that the path of least regret is a fifty basis point hike. So for people out there who are new to trading, they're going to see a massive, a whopping 50 basis point hike and the pound falls and they're going to be like, what on earth has just happened? That's the situation. The other situation for me, Blake, is if they raise 75 basis points, in theory, the pound should rally. But it, you have a same situation as we saw from the Riksbank or the Swedish Krona, where everyone says, oh, this is bad for growth. And we look at uh, FX in a relative growth capacity rather than relative rate capacity, and everyone just sells into it. So the best way for me to trade this is, is actually just leave limit orders to sell the pound 75 pips uh, above the market, something around that, and actually hope that we get a 75 basis point hike, and therefore you know the relative growth dynamics fall and everyone sells into it. What are you thinking on this one? Well, I think I think exactly what well I think exactly what you think that the Fed or the Fed the Bank of England is only going to raise by a half a percent. I was yeah. talking to, uh, with a good friend of mine that uh, he, you know I respect his his uh, his ideas out there, and that's what he thinks as well. Uh, he's he's also in the UK, but but how I trade it is 
I, I love the idea of selling into strength in the mm. sterling, at least while it's trading below 117.50, which, which, which was a breakdown point from just mm. a couple of weeks ago. And we saw the retest from last week was got really close. It was like 117.30, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, um, but I, I'm we're so far below that that I don't think we get anywhere near it. And so, but I guess what we have to see and 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 what's probably more important right now is what happens with the fed and how yeah. the dollar reacts because how the dollar reacts and where the sterling is at ahead of the bank of england is really going to help me make that decision because if we are anywhere close to that 117 117 50 level i'm going to be with you I'll, I'll put out a limit order to be short there because your risk is very well defined and as how long about, as, how, as a trader i can define the risk that's the most important how about this one then if i go 50 basis points 68 basis points is priced in you go to the Swiss National Bank. We've got 82 basis points being priced in. I think they go 75. What happens yeah. in that situation then? You've got two currencies, both expected to raise by an aggressive amount. The market's gone somewhat further ahead, and they both report within a fairly tight window. You could see massive volatility in this currency cross. I put Sterling Swiss, I think, firmly on the radar there. Woo That's a great one. I like that. That better be in our setups. I hope it is. All right. Let's uh, let's turn our attention to uh, U.S. yields. And um, I don't know if you saw it. Well, I know you saw it. I don't know if everybody else saw it. But the U.S. equity markets, uh, the bond markets are breaking down. I mean, we are seeing levels in the 10-year we haven't seen since 2009. How's your 60-40 portfolio going? Yeah. I mean, look, I you know, that's got to be, that's got to hurt. You know, yeah. I mean, all, even people of my generation, you know, from the nineties and, and, and the two thousands, you, you, you know, from a portfolio management standpoint, holy cow, you got equities down, you got bonds are cratering, cratering, you got the 30 year touching levels that hasn't seen since 2014. So I guess the question I have to ask is when is enough enough? At what point do, does this rate rise? In the tre in, in treasuries, when does it break the market, Chris? I yeah, mean, right. at what point do you just ditch everything and say, "I'm buying, I'm buying bonds. I'm just going to take yield." And I, I don't think, I, I don't care if it even, you know, underperforms inflation. I just want the safety of U.S. Treasuries. Yeah. What? Where does it break? Where does it break for you? What do you think? I think, I think, from a government perspective, um, you know, the idea that 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 comes down to Janet Yellen and the U.S. Treasury Department um, and how they're issuing bonds. Um, because the issue a lot with, with quantitative tightening is is more about the transfer of duration from the Fed's balance sheet to the public and and basically coming out to these guys and saying, we're not buying anymore. We're, we're a price and sensitive buyer. We're not buying bonds anymore. Um, uh, in fact, we're, we're allowing, obviously, the, the bonds to mature. So therefore, private sector, you've got to do all the hard lifting. But the private sector says, well, we want higher yields as a result of that. If we're going to take down the, take down the supply and, and fund the government, well, we want higher yields. And maybe they get them at these levels. And that's why we watch bond auctions very closely, just for that kind of level of, of, of the bid to bid to cover playing through. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you have a look at mortgage rates at the moment, 30-year mortgage rates in the US are what, 6.33%? Six, yes. It's pretty yes. dark. Um, and so there are some issues playing through. Um, and obviously, this move that we're seeing in the bond market is resonating in a stronger dollar. And we know what that's doing for global economics as well. I, I just want to go back to a question. It's a really good one from uh, ITLD. Zero uh, twenty-seven. It was a, a question that we had in the community in in in, in the trade-off last week, and he said, I assume it's a he, um, came out and said, when do they when do bond yields start coming down? Because people want that that disinflationary protection that works well. 
Well, we're not saying that at the moment, but it's a brilliant question and it's a brilliant point. I think once you start seeing disinflation manifest into markets, um, because the, the, the tightening of financial conditions is so strong and, and something has effectively break. What's important, though, is that the first move is not going to be the last move. It's going to start a trend and everyone's going to cover those short positions in bonds. Yeah, the dollar's going to start selling off. I don't think we're there. We're clearly not there at the moment, but it, it, it's something that's going to happen in the next couple of months, I think, maybe into, into 2023, that you're going to see a disinflationary effect. I think it's a 23 story. Bonds are going to outperform. The dollar's going to get sold off. I think the dollar shorts for, are, are probably going to be the, one of the best trades for 2023. We've got 10 seconds. The producer's uh, screaming at me right now, Blake. Thoughts on that view? Uh, I Well, first of all, I like selling the dollar. What, and I hope it's earlier than a 2023 story. Actually, I think it's, I hope it's a September 21st, 2022 story. How about that? Oh, he's... <laughs> no, I think you're too early on that one myself, but we'll, yeah, we'll see. Keep an open mind is always the way. Anyway, let's go to the setups that are making our mind up. I want to go to something on the uh, the stock side, just keep the stock heads a little bit happy this week. Uh, it's a chart that I think is really interesting. Now, bond yields are going up. You'd expect long duration assets to be getting smashed. You'd expect Apple to be getting smashed, tech to be getting absolutely hammered. Now, we are starting to see some uh, some of the mega stocks, the apples of this world, starting to, to find a bid. What's interesting is Tesla. Now, I couldn't tell you a huge amount of the news. I'm hearing that some of the whales are starting to buy back into Tesla. Um, but I love this setup. This is a setup. It's a technical program. This is a technical part of the show. Forget about the news flow. We get smack it into touch. This is all about price action. This is all about the technicals and what the market is aggregating in flow. Tesla right now is a great setup. I like this setup. 312, through that level, uh, I'm long. I think this is a momentum trade. Why? I don't know. I couldn't tell you why. But price is true, and it's the final arbiter of truth. A, a cup and handle in play here. We've got a break of 312, and I'm long the stock. I think it goes higher in this situation. Talk to me. Tell me why I'm wrong, Blake. I, I don't think you are wrong, but we do need a risk rally, don't we? We need a risk I rally. I mean, a risk rally needs to, needs to take hold, but I love, love the pattern. I love the setup, Chris. And, um, you know... I do believe that that we are going to get a risk rally because that's what the market is not expecting. And the yeah. market's not market's expecting risk to come down. And um, I think if we get a risk rally following tomorrow's FOMC, I think this is a great setup. And uh, that's why we love to have setups on this on this show. Right. <laughs> and yeah. um, I like we it. We do exactly like what it, it says on the tin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It's. I mean, it, and Tesla is one of those. Tesla is one of those companies that people love to own and they love it's it's a beta play, right? Yeah, so sure. as long as you get as long as you get equities and like the SP gets back above 39, 3920 is the level I'm looking for. As just FYI, I know we'll probably end up talking about equities a little bit. Yeah. But we get above 3920. I think Tesla's got to be the first place you look at if you want that high beta play. Yeah, I just love the setup, to be honest. So I think if the market breaks 312, as I say, that's the that's the kind of that, that high kind of resistance level, I think that basically tells you that the bulls are in control. The question is, is it will it start trending? We never know. That's what we're looking for. And if there's something's going to trend, Tesla has that propensity for trends. So great setup. It just needs a bit of work. When it does, let's get filled. All right. Well, um, let's turn your attention to the euro sterling. And this might be one for you following the Bank of England. But I'll tell you what, Chris. Uh, this is something that we had the euro sterling breaking out. Was it? It was last week, and uh, a lot of people in our community were shorting the euro sterling as it was bumping its head up against that thirty-seven ten, or I'm sorry, eighty-seven ten. 
8720 level. And as soon as it broke out, it's been holding that breakout point. So from a technical perspective, it broke that resistance that it hadn't broken since April of, I think, 2021. Hmm. So it's been a little bit over a year. We broke it. We're holding it. So as long as we hold above 87 pence, I love the euro sterling to the long side. And I think it plays well into your idea about the Bank of England. I don't think they're going to be able to deliver what the market expects. I actually think they're only going to go 50 as we we were just talking about. They're going to do a half percent. The market's going to sell sterling and the euro sterling is going to outperform. And I don't care what you throw at the eurozone. For some reason, the euro continues to hold well above it's 99 nice, cents. At this at this point, so what do you think about the euro sterling here? I like it higher too. I like it higher too. I mean, it's become, you know, euro sterling's a bit like uh, Aussie kiwi. It's boring, isn't it? It's grinds rather than these big explosive moves. But we're starting to see explosive moves in some of the euro pairs: euro cad, euro noki, euro Swedish. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they are seeing movement that we wouldn't typically see, and that makes it quite exciting. We all want to be in this. But yeah, this this is a nice setup. We've made a higher high. It's holding for now. It's consolidating through that level, which is great to see if you're long, obviously. Um, I hate the pound from a structural perspective. Everyone does. Um, but, you know, they've got a twin deficit, which needs funding, high yields, and a weaker growth environment with a weaker currency is a toxic mix. Yeah, look, trust is getting things done at the moment from a fiscal perspective. Um, but yeah, I think fundamentally and technically at the moment, euro sterling goes higher. Uh, if this kicks on, go for the ride. Just trail your stop up long and, and just see where it goes. So I'm glad you brought this up because a lot of people are turning quite bullish on, on euro sterling at the moment. And, uh, you know, this has gone from one which is a grind into something which is a little bit more exciting, which is great to see. So that's one to see. Talking of excitement, where do we usually go for excitement? We go to the crypto scene. Uh, and I love this setup at the moment. It's just tapping on that door. We see these kind of structural oh. ranges playing through in crypto all the time, and then it changed down or up, and it makes a new trading range. We respect that trading range. This trading range we've seen in Bitcoin has been very long in the tooth. You know, we've been trading this this, this range uh, since since June. We're trading at the bottom of the floor. Will a dovish, we're not going to be dovish, but dovish relative to consensus, Fed mean that we're going to see Bitcoin have a rally? Perhaps, but we're right on this floor at the moment. Blake, I'm going to ask you, do we buy here with a tight stop um, or do we just wait for the close should we see the dollar rally um, and then look to trade this for a potentially new trading range here? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to uh, go with the option number two. And I think you, you need to let the market prove it first yeah. because Bitcoin has been trading heavy. I mean, Ethereum just had the merge and uh, that, that was a buy this buy the rumor, sell the news. Ethereum got absolutely crushed. I don't know what you have to look forward to if you're a crypto owner, other than if risk rallies, you're going to get the you're going to get the percentage beta move higher. So, I, I mean, <laughs> you know where your risk is. I, I get that. And and I'm, I'm usually one of those traders that if I can define my risk, I can take the trade. But in this case, Bitcoin has been trading un, unearthly heavy over the last several months. And so it does it does frighten me just a bit. I kind of want to see the market prove to me that we're going to turn risk higher. And hell, I'd rather buy Tesla over Bitcoin at this point in time. I do, the, uh, do the test the Bitcoin pairs trade. I I, I, mate, I, I agree with your plan. I, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting, you know, old, long in the teeth, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, I think for me, this is, again, the market is, is, is will, will force you, let the market force you into a position. Let it say, yeah. you know, Blake, let me, let come and take my hand, come and press the sell button. It's so much evidence that, that it wants to go down. 
Um, and I think a break and a close below that 18.50, similar to what we saw in Euro Sterling, where it can break at that level, it can consolidate without having that whiplash back straight away through that situation. That would tell me that this is either going to start trending or start making a new trading range lower. Um, so I want to wait for the close below that, see how price reacts, see if we get that pop back above there, the failed breakout. If it doesn't do that, then I think there's compelling evidence to, to trade this one from the short side. But yeah, this is trading at the floor. It has to be on the radar right now. All right. Well, you know, talking about whiplash, let's talk a little bit about gold. So all you yellow pebble, what'd you call it? A dirty yellow, yellow pebble? Rock. Pebble, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, all right. I'm going to get we, so much abuse, we, Anna. We, you are, and 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 not only by me, but look, gold <laughs> broke down. It broke a big level of support. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be completely just upfront about saying this. I expected a much bigger breakdown, Chris. We didn't get it. I, I thought we'd be trading at 1600, even 1605 was where I was targeting, like within a lickety split. And the the the, the damage has <coughs> been barely limited and you could probably blame it on the FOMC that's happening tomorrow. But I'm gonna tell you this, if gold for some reason peaks its head back above and we get a daily close above 1690, really, really more above 1700, I do not, I would not want to be on the short side of gold. And I think that gold is at risk of a break higher, but this is a setup. And I know traders in our community have been trading it on the short side for the last couple of days because it, because it is a major technical breakdown. It isn't a false breakdown until proven otherwise. Give me a daily close above 1700. I'm going to be going the other direction. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's just, a, it's a real rates play. I mean, Two five-year real yeah. rates have just been just going up and up and up, and that's just taken away the need to be long gold. In fact, it's just telling you to be short gold, and of course you've got a stronger dollar as a result of that, and these are the kind of toxic mix for for, for gold. So, yeah, we, what's going to drive real rates lower? I mean, that, that's going to come down to the Fed, of course, and you know, are they going to be uh, dovish relative to, the, to, to very high lofty market expectations? Perhaps, uh, and that's what we've talked about. There are more risks to me. Um, of a downside move in the dollar, which is where you probably get a little bit of a pop in gold. But I think for, to, to create a sustained move higher in gold and actually a, a, a bullish trend rather than just a, a, a position unwind, you know, you need to see real rates coming down. And that really means that we need to see peak inflation. And there's no signs of that at the moment from what we saw from, from core inflation in the US. And there's no reason the Fed are going to pivot anytime soon. When they do, then gold's a long-term buy. Uh, but right now, you know, you're just trading it Take the time frame down and trade it that way. I think it's a day trader's paradise at the moment. But uh, yeah, I think there's other trades that, uh, that I think are going to probably trend before gold does. So you're fighting a big one. But a lot of people are watching it for a potential turn. And when the Fed turn, as I say, it's not happening anytime soon, then gold's going to fly. But that time is not at the moment. Anyway, let's go to our play of the day to see what's on our mind. Yeah, last week, uh, Blake, I went uh, long dollar knock and that, that's worked out quite well. I'm just sort of closing that one because you know I just want to reduce those dollar exposures going into the Fed meeting as I talked about seeing the probability. This week, I want to go Euro CAD. Why have I gone Euro CAD? Well, I like this setup. I mean, we've talked about the Euro quite extensively this, this, this show. There's been some good setups, but we've made a higher high. I like that situation. We've seen a, uh, an engulfing on the daily. It's not you're not really eclipsing a big range, but you can see that the buyers are in control of this. So I like being long Euro CAD. Um, obviously, if we do see risk coming on, um, the pair is mitigated to an extent. The CAD could do quite well. But what we've seen is a slightly weaker inflation expectation number in, uh, inflation number in Canada. Um, we've seen the market pair back rate expectations for the next central bank meeting. Um, uh, we're now for 
pricing about 46 basis points. Their door was ajar for a 75 basis point before. Um, that, that CPI number has seen weakness play through. But obviously, the euro has been quite strong for, for, for factors we've talked about. The, the terminal rate in Europe is pushing above 2.5%. Uh, so I like this one. I think we go out and, and test that black horizontal uh, resistance line, 133.88. Uh, the question is, is, will this trend? We don't know. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. But at the moment, you've got a really nice little range uh, that's breaking out to the top side. And I think this has got room to run. So I like EuroCAD from the long side here. That's awesome. Well, you know, Chris, I, I, I should actually just give you a hat tip for the uh, US dollar Norwegian Krona. That was a really good call last week. Kudos to you, my friend. You did did a great one there. Thanks, lad. Um, let's, uh, let's turn us over to the Aussie New Zealand, the boring one, as Chris likes to refer to, the <laughs> the, 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 the boring slot. It's not a boring movie. trade if you're a trend follower looking at that. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, we've been in a, we've been in a hell of bullish trend. And, uh, you know, at Forex Analytics, we have been strongly bullish, the Aussie Kiwi, literally all year on this big breakout. However... Sometimes you have to revert to the mean. You get a little reversion of the mean trade. And right now, yeah, this is that that trade we brought up. What what was it, a couple of weeks back, or how many how many weeks ago was it? Maybe a month ago. But notice when relative strength gets overbought, you get pullbacks. And that happened about a month ago when we talked about the Aussie Kiwi. Well, I guess it was a month, month and a half ago. We got that uh, we got that overbought situation. It did reverse. We had a couple of days of a pullback. Well, now. We're at 161% extension of the March 21st or March 2021 high to the September 2021 low. It's 161 golden fib. Uh, RSI is overbought. Whenever we get overbought, price tends to peak. I like this one on a fade. I'm actually short the Aussie Kiwi because that's how I'm getting my fix ahead of the Fed. There like you go, it. Chris. Like it as well. <laughs> like it, like it, like it, like it. Um, anyway, next week, I'm going to be in the outback for my troubles. We're going to be mustering about 4,500 cattle ahead of cattle. So uh, I'm going to be getting the hands dirty for the first time in a couple of months. Um, but yeah, so there'll be a photo of me as opposed to live because the internet is so poor out there. But we will be back next week for more of the trade-off. Until next time, it's goodbye for me and goodbye from Blake. <laughs>